It's Thursday, and it's time for a big-ass spaghetti. intro song i think it should be are I you muted really on your face such good tempo oh. are you muted on your facetime follow the rules okay okay can you hear me now don't be a sound technician ever that's not a that's not a oh, career for you damn it that's what i was going for i know um so we're talking um you're rest you're wrestling around you're asking i'm really sorry i forgot i only had one pod in my ear i'm gonna wait for you to get settled are you i'm are you, not settled are you are you ready for class? Elizabeth <laughs> Ashley, pay attention. Okay, I'm here. Okay, great. So we're talking um, plastics. Plastics. There's a show on Netflix that I have. I keep forgetting to start it, and I meant to watch some of it before we did this episode. And other things were more interesting. Like I watched all of Never Have I Ever, and it was okay. So but what's good. this show called? It's um. Hold, please. It's called like Skin Deep or oh, Skin Decisions. Skin Decisions. Oh, I love that. Is it kind of like botched? I'm not sure if it's like botched or if it's. You're still very wrestly, I think. Is it my hair? It might be your hair. Move them locks out of the way. That's a little better. Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) I think that the concept of the show is a little bit more about like the doctor that's on it's like, hi, like I'm Dr. So and so. Is it like the bitch from Dr. Pimple Popper? Similar to this, I believe. But she's like, I help people feel better on the inside because their outside matches their inside, which is very much my philosophy on plastic surgery. So, like, I can appreciate it. And that's kind of why I wish I watched it before this episode, but I did not. I forgot. So, I'm going to take a moment and um, shout out my BFF, Julie Catherine, really quick because we were on a work trip. And if you haven't, figured it out by now we both work for the same hotel company we're not going to say which one and we were on a like out of town conference trip in january of this year so january of 2020 and i had gotten my boobs done no it was not january yes it was yes it was you're 150 percent it was january of this year when january 9th oh my god i think you're yeah. Right. I know. No, I know I'm right. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. we were on this work trip and I had gotten my boobs done April of 2019. So they just like kind of just turned a year old. So. Oh my God. I know the babies. Little Don't babies. They just, they, they're so cute. Yeah. So um, we were on a work trip and me and Julie had like separate hotel rooms. But of course, we're just going to like have a slumber party in one of our rooms. We Anytime just... we have an opportunity for a slumber party and room service, we're going to take it. We, I think there was two pizzas, an order of chicken fingers, an order of wings. Honestly, two I Two more we... bottles of wine, and I, I, we asked for two bottles of water, and I thought I was going to get some fucking aqua fina. They brought, like, Voss. The entire bill was, like, $97. Yeah, so. my husband was like, um, can you explain this? And I was like, check Venmo, it's fine. Matt, Matt, Matt paid for half of it. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I just remember after the, like, final, like, the, like, whatever 
like awards. I'm gonna see if I can find the picture I texted Katie. Oh my god! In the robe on in your glasses. I just felt so fancy, and we (laughs) went back to Julie's room, and I like. Well, no, it was more like I ran in my dress and my heels to my room across the resort and then ran back to Julie's room across the resort. This was so fun. Oh, I found it, but I don't know. Well, oh, I don't think you can post that. <laughs> I don't think that's safe for television. I'm going to send it to you. You can make your own decision. It's might be one of my favorite photos I've ever, ever has been taken of you. So at this point, Julie had, I mean... You had seen me since my operation because it was April of the previous year. Well, you had we had FaceTimed so I could see your boobs. But I think this was the, this was the first time you like saw them in action and by that I mean like I was in the shower and you were taking your makeup off and we were just having a chit-chat and yeah. I like, got out of the shower. Yeah. And you like stopped everything you were doing and you were like you look how I've always seen you. And I just started crying. It is true. It is true. Oh my god, this photo. Oh yeah. This photo. It's really great. I sent it I texted it to your sisters that night. (laughs) I drunk texted your sisters. They were like, aren't you guys at a work trip? We were like, work or technically. We don't know. (laughs) You know salespeople. We like to have a good time. Um Well, yes. So this is back to like what we were discussing about like plastic surgery in general and Yeah, I mean, to me, Elizabeth, like, you went into your experience with... You're wrestling. Move your hand. Thank you. Oh, my God. Both of us need to just check ourselves. Chill out. Yeah. Yeah. We need to calm down. Um, You went into the experience, like, with such a good attitude, and you were just like, I just want to feel proportionate. Like, I just want them to fit me. And you're so... Like, you're very tall, but you've always been very thin. You're built like Gwyneth Paltrow. Murphy. Oh, my God. What? You don't think so? No. Who do you think you're built like? Gwyneth. No. I'm built like um, fucking Catherine Heigl, but without the boobs. Okay. Well, that's also probably fair. Um, I'm Googling Gwyneth Paltrow height to really see if I can substantiate my claim. Watch her be like 5'9". She's 5'9". Five five you're 5'10". I'm 5'10", yeah. So you guys are close. But Catherine Heigl has more of the Norwegian build. Yeah, like I do. Yeah, she does. That's that's you're not wrong. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow's got a longer torso, but yeah, you're welcome. They're both beautiful. So, yeah, I mean, for you, it was much more about like an inner confidence thing, and like you just wanted yeah. some clothes to fit, and you didn't want to feel like you had to wear like push-up bras with everything to make things like fit the way you wanted them to. And I think that that's normal. Like I now, I don't, I haven't owned a st- strapless bra. In over a year. I just don't wear a strapless bra. And you wanted, you would wanted to do this for a long time. I've been wanting, I had been wanting to get my boobs done since I was at least nine years old, which mm-hmm. sounds like kind of crazy because when you're nine years old, you can't like make a decision, but like. You had older sisters. Right. I had older sisters and typically in growing up in my family, it was kind of like, you get to do what your older sister gets to do at the age, got to do when they were a certain age. And then mm-hmm. when you get to that age, then you get to do it. And it's mm-hmm. like, yes, I understand the parenting was very fair from an age perspective. However, like I'm an adult, I'm going to make my own decisions. And I struggled with it for a little bit because my mom passed a few years ago. And I just remember thinking like, oh my God, she was so against tattoos. She was so against like altering your image in any way like she was very conservative so I just remember being like 
what would her opinion be? She would be so disappointed that I want to do this. And I had to have a conversation with you and your mom Mm -hmm. because I couldn't make a decision. I was like, I really want to do this. I'm in a place financially where I can make it work. And I'm at an age where I think it's the time to do it because the doctor that I went to and the implants that I got last for 10 years at least. Yeah. So I timed it so that like, if I have kids within the next 10, you know, 10, 15 years, then my kids would be at a certain age where I would be comfortable getting them redone. Mm-hmm. It's a math game. Right. But I did have to have that conversation with your mom. And your mom was like, are you kidding me? Lori would have been happy. Well, <laughs> I was like, so, excuse me? Because <laughs> your mom knew about my rhinoplasty. Right. And, and I didn't she, know that. You didn't know about this. And she thought that it was like the coolest thing that my mom was gonna help me through that. Um, Cause my story is a little, my story is kind of like unique and different. Cause I had plastic surgery at like a young age. Um, I was 16, I think when I had mine done. And it actually started out, it's just, it's all very strange. So like I, I got like bullied and it's funny because looking back at it, it was all very like passive aggressive type bullying by girls that I thought were my friends that would make like my nose was not um it was never anything that people would probably look at and be like oh gosh like she needs a nose job like yeah when I look at when I look at old photos of you Julie I'm never like oh my god your nose like in fact I don't even really know that if you looked at a picture I wouldn't see, I don't see that much of a difference to be completely honest. It, there's, it's not that different. It's really, really not that different. Your um, face has changed because you're 20 years older than you were then, but yeah. yeah. I mean, I just look older. Right. Um, I had uh, some friends that would just like, like I said, just like make like crappy comments and like. Kids are fucking mean. They're mean. And like, I understand now, like they had their own security, insecurities, but there was no reason to like, you know. It was just the one thing about me that I think, like, the girls that I knew that were insecure felt like they could sort of make fun of. And so, over time, it, like, really ate at my self-esteem. And my mom knew this. And she would always say, like, you know, if you ever want to get a nose job, we can out, we can make that happen. She said this from, like, you know, I was much younger because my mom had one. I don't know if you knew that either. Actually, I both my that. parents. Both my parents what? did. My dad, well, my dad got his nose broken in a soccer game. He got kicked in the Naturally. face. Naturally. Yeah. Yeah, he got kicked in the face, and he had to have, um, like, a reset and everything of his nose. So, like, that's the other thing that, like, when I was in middle school that he would say. He'd be like, I, I had a surgery on my nose. Like, if, you know, if your mom and you, like, think that's what you should do, like, that's okay to do. Like, he would try so hard to, like, normalize it for me, which was really right. sweet. And my mom got hers done at the VA hospital. <laughs> stop they did it for free she kelly she literally came home one day and she told her parents i'm getting a nose job dr so-and-so is doing it for free at the va hospital and her parents were like okay and she just did oh my god that's amazing as a military kid they just paid for it so i don't know how she pulled that one out but kelly tends to do things like that she's like i can't breathe yeah so um (laughs) well then for me uh my freshman year of high school i started getting serial sinus infections like Maybe they it's started... called chronic chronic sinusitis. I still have it. Yeah. Yeah. So you do you do have it. Although yours got better after you got your tonsils out. I feel they like. did. Yeah. And now I only get it like two or three times a year. Which is still a lot 
but also so much better than it was because yours was about as bad as mine was. Like six to eight times a year, yeah. Literally, mine was probably eight to ten times a year. Mm -hmm. I had basically back-to-back sinus infections all the time, so much so that my doctor at the time was like, I'm just concerned about sepsis because it's very rare. But, like, I guess if you have enough sinus infections constantly, one, you're taking so many antibiotics that that's really not good for you. Right. You can get, um, gosh, what's the thing that Brandon always talks about? Oh, C. diff. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, he's like, you can get C. diff. He's like, obsessed it, with C. diff. Brandon's obsessed with C. diff. He <laughs> hates antibiotics because he's like, everyone's going to get obsessed. C. diff. He literally mentions C. diff all the time. Just like he, I am with gangrene. With Keep gangrene. Going. That's you guys' like two favorite ailments. Um, so, yeah, my doctor was like, I'm concerned about like her risk of sepsis. I'm concerned that she's taking so many antibiotics and I recommend that she does get a septoplasty right. um, because of like where my sinuses were a problem. And when I went to meet with them, they were so wrapped up in like, I even think one of them was like, oh, why don't you bring me a picture of a celebrity whose nose you want it to look like? And I was like, oh, what? I was just like, I don't know. Like I'm 16. Like I... Because the doctor mentioned this being a problem early, like in freshman year or so. But then she's like, but you can't get any kind of surgery in your nose right now. You're too young. You have to wait two years. So I had to wait till I was 16 to get it done. And I did it over the summer. And like I said, we met with like a bunch of different surgeons. And the two surgeons that were like really obsessed with the way it looked. And I was like, honestly, because at this stage, even though my parents had kept telling me repeatedly, like, you can get a nose job, like we can do it, it's fine. I was so afraid of the stigma of plastic surgery at such a young age. Like I was like, they already bullied me for having like what they would see as an ugly nose, like their perception right. of like what's an ugly nose. So why do I want them now to know that I've gone and changed it? Like in my mind, I was like, that's even worse. Then they're either going to bully me for like having plastic surgery or like whatever. So it's like, was weird because like in the back of my mind, I was like, yeah, I'd love to change my nose. I hate it. But also I don't want to deal with this with bullying because of that. I got, you know, a nose job, but I did need to fix the sinus problem. (laughs) Really? Honestly, the chronic sinusitis led to better things for me. Kind of pushed me to be brave, to be honest, is like kind of what happened. But when I saw that my doctor, um, he's retired now, his name is Dr. Spillert, but he was amazing. We literally came in and he was just like, oh yeah. He's like, well, we need to fix this um, septum problem. So he's like, you're going to have a septoplasty. And he's like, and while we're in there, like, you know, we'll try to make sure it comes out, like, looking even and pretty. And we'll just, we'll, like, touch you up a little bit. Like, he was just very, like, casual about it. And I was like, okay, like, whatever. Like, that's fine. What ended up happening was my septum was much worse than they thought it was. And when it came out, they had to spend so much time on this side fixing the deviation. It was like 85% blocked from like oh my this God. airway. So then you have, that's the thing. You have mucus draining all the time at, right. from your sinuses. And it just would sit there and get infected. And that's why I was getting repeat infections. And who knows how that happened. I don't know. I was falling off horses and shit all the time as a kid. So I probably hit my face. Um, you know, when you're young and developing your bone structure yeah. in your face. And that's just how that can happen. So anyways... When I came out of that first surgery, they had to do a lot. They had to, like, break my nose, reset it, like, all kinds of crazy shit just to get the inside of it, like, straight to where it was no longer a problem. And um, the recovery from that surgery was a lot, and it was crazy. And then when I finally took all the bandaging off, my nose wasn't even. So, like, on one side, it was looked straighter and on the other side. And, of course, your nose – my nose is still not totally symmetrical. No one's is ever going to be totally right. symmetrical. 
but it looked there was a big variation and I remember like I was in the car with my best friend and I asked her about it and she was like oh like I don't I don't know like I don't notice anything and then when I showed her she was like oh she was like I actually do see that she goes honestly like if he's going to do a free revision like just do it just have him go in there and fix it at this point because my mom was like pushing me to do it because obviously she's like well one we haven't paid for a dime because insurance like pretty much I think covered almost everything from my entire surgery yeah um which was great because my doctor had said like she has to have this done probably like getting your tonsils out I don't think that you probably had to pay for that or very much at all right um and so I did go back and I I fixed was like gonna be such a positive outcome from it was like how different I felt on the inside I think like you like my outlook on plastic surgery in general is that if you can do something to make the outside match how you feel on the inside or like want to feel on the inside then you should do it Mm-hmm. And it's all about how you go about it. Like, if you walk in there and you're like, these are the boobs I want, or like, this is the nose that I want, or like, make my ears look like this, I really think that that's like, I mean, do what you want to do. I'm not trying to judge, but at the end of the day, the best pair of boobs, the best nose, the best lips, the best ass is the one that is not the first thing you necessarily notice about somebody, is that. Right. I mean, and that was, that was the thing. I feel like I love my nose so much now because it's just a nose. (laughs) Literally every, like, I'm like trying to think about how I can compliment you on your nose, but like, I it's just a nose. nose. And that's kind of, I think (laughs) the point. And, um, I mean, if you want to, I guess, make yourself look a certain way, everybody should be empowered to do that. But anybody I've ever told that I, that I had technically, I had a rhinoplasty, they're shocked because they're like, I would never guess you had a nose job. And I'm like, well, that's, I mean, I, didn't really want it I wanted it to look natural like I just wanted it to look like the nose I was supposed to be born with that's how I feel about your boobs I feel like your boobs those are just like they just fit you it looks so natural like no one would ever guess that you got a boob job well I so I started out as a 34 double a and I'm 5'10 and for my weight I don't look like I should only have double a boobs in my eyes um, you're saying that like you're heavy i would say like for your height and don't say weight i would say for your height and your you want your tits to match the ass and you have got a right. donk in a good way right you have and, a beautiful donk oh, and you're you. tall what i well when i went in the first and the thing that I loved about my doctor and this is the reason I didn't go like get a second opinion because I I had like a list of doctors lined up for like I'm gonna shop around you know I'm gonna see who I feel the most comfortable with and I'm gonna go with that person yeah because technically my life is gonna be with their hand in their hands and then that's the person that I'm gonna be relying on for the next you know 30 40 years to redo my boobs Mm -hmm. every other decade so um, when I went into him, the first question that he had was, okay, what cup size do you want to be? And I was mm-hmm. turned off and I was like, uh, mm. like, I don't I know. Like, I wanted to just fit. I was like, I don't really care. Well, and, and that was my answer. And I, I had Matt actually go with me because I was, I was like, well, I want his opinion too. Like he is the one that like is going to be experiencing these boobs firsthand. <laughs> so. I really like that. He's experiencing the boobs. Yes, he's going to experience the boobs. So I had him in there with me and it just made me more comfortable too because like I'm going to be topless in front of this person who's literally just going to be examining my breasts. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. No, I totally get it. It made me more comfortable. So yeah. 
he was like, well, what crop size do you want to be? And I was, again, turned off. Oh, my God. Off. I just realized I've never thought about that. He had to touch your boobs, didn't he? Like, oh, a just lot. From a but it was medical standpoint. And yeah. I have, a, I have a funny story about that in a second. So um, I was like, my first answer was just like, I don't really care what cup size they are. I was like, I just want to feel comfortable and I want to be proportionate. Mm-hmm. And he was, he like smiled. And it's funny because if you, if like, I'm not going to say his name, but he is a really, really good doctor. And he kind of looks like, um, you know, the guy that plays Jack Frost in Santa Claus three. I can yes, yes, yes. He yes, looks yes. like him, but like five inches shorter. Oh, amazing! He's already pretty short. Yeah, and so, um, he just like smiles and like looks at me, and he goes like, "That's the answer I was looking for." <laughs> I was like, "I'm happy I could make you proud." <laughs> and then we just like finished out the 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 appointment, and it was a consultation, and he basically just like went through the process, and he was like, based on your shape and the amount of breast tissue that you have he's like you don't have a lot of breast tissue like this is how I would perform the 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 procedure this is the incision type that I would use this is the um implant type that I would use but based on everything that I'm telling you it's your decision how you want me to perform this procedure Mm -hmm. like and that was very respectful because there's so many different options like and that's kind of what I wanted to go into a little bit was just the different Cause I had a very hard time after I decided to go through with the surgery with the incision type that he told me he was going to do. I had a very hard time finding information on it and finding like recovery suggestions. And like, um, like I was looking up vlogs every single day on like how people were recovering and like what the pain type pain levels were like. And Mm -hmm. so I had a transact, it's called trans auxiliary, um, incision, which is the incision through your armpit. And like, Julie, can you see, like, I don't have a scar. Yeah. At all. amazing. So there's four different incision types. There's inframammary, which is also known as like your crease incision. So that's like the line that's like along the bottom of your boobs, like that crease for the fold over. And because the way that my body type was like, I don't have that because of how small my boobs were and how little breast tissue I had. Mm -hmm. So he was like, that wouldn't make sense for me to use that incision type because you don't have a fold over now. You're not going to have one no matter how big of implants I put in you. Right. He's like, so regardless, people, you will be able to see that every time you take your shirt off. I'm not going to do that to you. Yeah. Um, the next option is it's called areolar or per- perior areolar. I don't know the difference between either, but it's basically the crease along the um, – oh, I'm sorry. Inframammary is the edge of your nipple. Areolar, which I don't, I think these might be mixed up, is the crease of your underboob. So there's that option. There's the option around the lining of your nipple. The reason he didn't want to do that was because he didn't want to get involved with my milk glands because I did want to breastfeed later in life. Like these were yeah. questions he was asking me. Um, and then there's trans subbilical, which is your um, belly button, which like what? <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. Like what? He didn't even give me that as an option. I don't think that's, I don't think it's very common. Like he was like, I I mean, we can talk about it, but like, uh, I think that there's reasons why some people would do it, but like that is just that for me, that's terrifying. But yeah, basically with my trans auxiliary incision through my armpit, they basically just like make a little incision through, through like an already existing wrinkle in your armpit based on how they like move your arms. And then they take a crowbar and basically just, like, separate the muscle from the tissue. And then they cauterize it. And then they suck some stuff out, throw your implant in, 
make sure it looks real good. And then they like prop you up while you're in under anesthesia and your arms are outstretched on this table. So you're basically just like a zombie and you just like sit up and the entire like surgical crew just steps back and stares at your tits for like 10 minutes and like, is she symmetrical? It is literally (laughs) horrifying. Like to think about the things that they do to you when you're asleep. Isn't that crazy? That's one thing I can't do. I can't watch, um, I can't watch shows where they do rhinoplasties because oh really i i can't watch them hammer into did you did you watch did you watch any videos or did you read anything about it before you got it done absolutely not and my mother covered up every mirror in the house like an angel oh yeah oh my god so no because i I looked like i got beat across the face oh my god i I did (laughs) did you even get to look at yourself no i did not elizabeth my face i had two black eyes (laughs) I mean, literally, it was really, my mom, I mean, my mom knew what it was going to be like because she had it done when she was 16. And I think she was so horrified and freaked out by how she looked. She literally covered up the mirrors in her house with butcher paper. And my mom's best friend, Carol, came over and, like, watched me for, like, days while I recovered because my mom had to work. I had a, like, basically just a belt strapped around my chest to force my boobs to go down so they would settle yeah and I couldn't open I couldn't open or close anything I couldn't push or pull anything like Matt had to shower me put my makeup on do my hair help me get dressed because I only took like three days off work I think I had my procedure on a Thursday Hmm. and then I was out third so I was out Thursday Friday I obviously had Saturday Sunday off And then I was out Monday, Tuesday, and I went back on Wednesday. Mm. So I went back on day seven after my surgery. And it was hard. It was hard, but it was worth it. Yeah. I kind of blacked it out. I don't really remember the recovery. Like, so my sister um, just got her boobs done this past December. Oh, oh, that's right. I'd forgotten about that. Amazing. Her boobs look so good. And um, she had like asked me a few questions, you know, before going into the process. And she was just like, you know, what was the recovery like? And I'm really good about like, if I have a bad experience or if I have like something weird happen, I'm really good at blocking it out of my memory. Mm-hmm. So like, I was like, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> I'm like, you know, like Matt had to take care of me for a few days. Like I slept a lot. You know, I was sore. I couldn't really work out for a while, but like, other than that, it was fine. And then she just, like, kind of refused to do her own research on the recovery process of it. And I sent her a few videos on, like, hey, these are some videos that I watched before the procedure just so I know. I'm going to remember not to ask you if you have kids before me what childbirth is like. Because you're going to sugarcoat that shit and then I'm going to want to hate you. Well, no. I had sent her videos of, like, the actual procedure. And I was like, this is – this was what I was watching to prepare. These are the vlogs that I watched on recovery. Like – and she just like didn't watch them. And then she and then she got it done and I didn't hear from her for like 4 days. And I called her husband and he's like, "No, she's good. She's just sleeping." She calls me later in that day and she's like, "What did I do?" Oh no. <laughs> and I was like, "I'm so sorry." But I mean, hers look amazing, but again, going back to the main point, like are there advantages and disadvantages to every form of plastic surgery? Yes. Yeah. Are those things that you should weigh out before you make a decision? A hundred percent. Right. But, and you know, plastic surgery isn't for everybody. I'm not going to 
sit here and say, I condone for everybody to do plastic surgery because like if something horrible would happen to you, like I don't want to have that guilt. But if it's something, if it's a choice that you want to make, if it's a decision that you've been wavering on for a long time, and if it's something that would make you more comfortable in your own skin, 100%, I think you should do it. Yeah. And um, I actually was surprised. I love Psychology Today, and I think it's, like, a really good and well-researched, um, like, publication. Yeah. I was very, very surprised to see that they're pretty skeptical on the um, – idea that plastic surgery will actually affect your self-esteem or boost it because for me it did and um but like it they says th- they're saying that they think that it will not that it, it said don't count on it boosting your self-esteem oh. and it must just depend on like what it, maybe it depends on how self-confident you are outside of that like you know specific issue Image. and like are you getting yeah. to a point where you're going to get addicted to it um, and that you're just going to be like hypercritical because I've literally never once felt like I needed to go back and do anything else. I, I have discussed Botox. <laughs> oh, 100%. And also helps migraines. So that's on yeah, the Yeah, Botox is not really plastic surgery though. I wouldn't really put no. it in the same. I would call, I would consider Botox like an anti-aging like treatment. I kind of want to get it done before my wedding. Thoughts? Uh, I don't think you need it before your wedding. They okay. say, they say that. I actually was going to ask a dermatologist about this. They say that um, if you want to get Botox, you can't get it while you're pregnant. And that I think it's kind of like one of those things. Once like you, start, you start, you If you start getting it, you have to be pretty consistent about it. Otherwise, all that money that you spent on it is like totally to waste. You know what I mean? Like you have to maintain right. it. And so since you can't. So I guess I'm going to try to wait, I think, until after I have kids to start getting Botox. That's a good call. Unless yeah. I'll find out, though. Once I am able to see a dermatologist about removing this crazy ass mole on my back, it's not cancerous, but it just Jesus. bothers me. I was waiting until okay. after my wedding to remove this mole because I didn't want to scar my back for my wedding, but like the mole. Can I see it? Um, no, because I don't have the right shirt on to show you. Sorry, I've been. No, I'll, I'll, I'll. You know the mole, don't you know the one I'm talking about? Is it on your upper back or your lower back? It's on my upper back. It was visible. It's not ugly. <laughs> I don't know what mole It's just you're that it's about. raised and uncomfortable. Like, it literally. Oh, I have a lot of those. I'm yeah. a mole, mole, mole person. <laughs> it doesn't look bad. It's just that, like, sometimes even, like, I'll, like, want to smack my husband because I'll be like, hey, will you put sunscreen on my back? And why are boys so rough with everything? Oh, my God. It's like they have to slap it on your skin to they get have to it in. They slap it on you and, like, rub it in as hard as they can. And he'll, like, rub over this mole. And I'll and be like, And then it's Ow. like they're the calluses that they have on their hands yes! from just being men. I'm like, from can just you just not? being a man. And I'm like, you're literally, I'm going yeah. to kill you because that hurts. And he's like, you need to get taken off. And I'm like, we have this conversation every week. <laughs> Sometimes Copper will find a new mole on my body and just, like, think that it's an injury. And he'll, like, investigate it and sniff it and, like, lick it and try to heal it. I'm like, like, nope, it's just mm. me. <laughs> mm. um, this basically says that there was a study back in 2012 mm-hmm. that confirms this idea that, especially for women that have plastic surgery younger, hey, that's me, um, that it doesn't really help their overall self-esteem. So it followed 1,500 teenage girls for 13 years, um, and they Holy didn't... shit, that's so many people for so long. Yeah. They didn't know who would actually have surgery, um, but the 78 girls who did were more likely to be anxious or depressed, um, and they had a greater increase in those symptoms over the period of time than the people that didn't have any surgery at all. And 
I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. That's that's why I'm saying I'm a little surprised because general I anxiety and general stress. Not the and, same like, as depression. That's completely about a different. Issue. Like that's what kind of what lines of work are these women in? Like what? Well, and like I deal. I mean, we both. Everybody deals with anxiety and depression to some degree, and like you yeah. and I have both been through some shit. And I would also venture to say that like maybe women that hate something about themselves that they would like to change, a part of their anxiety or depression is due to that. Right. Um, so I don't really believe that. I think, I mean, but also it's hard because like, I'm not all those women. I don't know what they went through and I don't, I mean, I can't be in other people's shoes. Technically, yeah. So. I don't know. I mean, I just know for me, it, I don't really know that it was that much of a self-esteem issue. I just wanted to be proportionate. And honestly, I just wanted to like be able to put a shirt on and not have to wear a bra. Yeah. I mean, it basically, this particular study says the findings basically, you know, summarized, basically said that those who choose to have the plastic surgery tended to have a history of poor mental health to begin with, and then having the cosmetic surgery didn't really result in a positive outcome on that. But my issue with that is I don't necessarily see a direct correlation there. Mm -hmm. Um, But then there were other studies that did show that all ages of patients tended to be happy with the outcome of their surgery. Um, and they're more satisfied with the appearance of like whatever they the appearance of whatever they change, but they're not necessarily happier about their lives overall. And then like that's kind of like I think an unrealistic expectation. Like getting a nose job or getting your boobs done or getting a Brazilian butt lift, it's not gonna change your whole life and make you feel happier about your entire life and every aspect of it. But if it can help that aspect of it, like why not do it if you can right. and want to? I don't really I don't really get why we're talking about generalized happiness like your happiness shouldn't be totally 100% focused on your looks to begin with right it's an interesting study I don't really think that it's I think having it being generalized isn't fair to the the purpose of what it sounds like this research was done for I don't agree with it but you're muted hey I know oh. I was yelling at the dog. Oh. <laughs> he keeps getting up off his bed and he wants to go on a WALK and I'm going to take him, but not until we're done here. Mommy's working. Oh. Mommy, doesn't, mommy doesn't actually have a job. This is mommy's work that she does for free, for fun. Um, um, but, I mean, there's a lot of different things that I think there is a stigma about plastic surgery in general. Like, oh, like, she got her tits done. Oh, she got I her, she got her nose better, done. though. It's definitely getting better, and I think, like, I think people are surprised if they ever do research, like, how far back the history of this goes, because, um, like, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this have seen the, the movie, and I, it's one of my all-time favorite movies. It's called The Danish Girl with Eddie mm-hmm. Red, Redmayne. Um, so, if, for people that don't know, basically, it's a transgender woman. She was born with male genitalia in December of 1882. It's a real story, um, right? Yes. And um, so she is or was Danish and she was one of the the earliest recipients of the sex reassignment surgery or gender confirmation surgery. Um, And she transitioned in the year 1930. Um, And there were some complications that actually led, unfortunately, to her death um, in that time. Yeah, I guess there was an issue. Her body was rejecting the. Um, 
the uterus transplant. Oh. Yeah. And there were some issues from that. And then she, so she got like an infection and then they went in to fix the infection and, and do some other things. And from that secondary surgery, she unfortunately passed away. Do they um, still do uterus transplants? That I do not know. I would be interested to, to know a little bit more about that aspect of it. Um, and like gender confirmation surgery in general, I do not know much about. I'll be completely honest about it, but I would like to know more. Maybe we could do an, an entire episode on that because I would be curious to know what they do in those. Yeah. I know um, some. I know a little bit, but not a whole lot. Um but I don't, I've not heard about a uterus transplant, although I think if they could do that, that would be very cool. That would be very cool. I wonder if anyone could actually give birth, though, like how that, how that would work. I just don't know enough about male anatomy to know, well, yeah, there's that. And then I don't know yeah. enough about, I guess you could birth via C-section. Oh, that's true. Like if, if you, you could really house wanted a fetus. To. Yeah, like you could do Yeah, but then at then... that point, I mean, I guess if you are a woman and you're a transgender woman and you want to feel what it's like to experience pregnancy because lots of women do, although it doesn't really appeal to me, but a lot of women are like, oh my God, I can't wait to be pregnant and like have a baby in me. And I'm just like, mm, same, but in my head, I'm like, not really. Uh, <laughs> you're sweating. Yeah. <laughs> like same girl. Yeah. I love it. Can I have some more cab? Like, like not um, but I, I guess I just don't relate as a woman to like that excitement and desire around being pregnant but I think that a lot of women do so if you are a transgender woman and you have that and you want to experience that I think that that's that would be wonderful to be able to give women that opportunity yeah I'm interested to see to hear and and do some research on that and see like if it's even possible if there's been trials because it's hard it's hard to think about that process because then if things were to go wrong then you are actually you're putting a life in, in danger by putting a fetus or Anytime you put a fetus in you, you're putting a life in danger. It's so true. I mean, some of these yeah. uteruses be hostile environments. Oh, I don't girl. know. If, I don't know if my uterus is all that hospitable. We'll I see. I don't know if mine is either. Nobody but... knows until you try, and it could just be a war zone down there. <laughs> we gotta cut that out. Oh we my can't god. Keep, we literally cannot keep me saying war zone, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> um, but. A little bit more that I found as far as, like, history within plastic surgery. So, in 1895, the first breast augmentation was done. And it was done by someone. The doctor was actually just transplanting the, ex- transplanting, excuse me, the existing breast tissue from the back of the breast into the front of the breast to make both breasts symmetrical. So, oh. I guess she had one boob that was smaller than the other. And they just were, re- like, realigning her breast tissue and that her smaller boob. That seems very resourceful. I like that yeah. idea. Yeah. They probably I probably don't do that it. anymore, though. And then in nineteen, or sorry, in eighteen ninety nine, the first breast implant materials were released. I want you. Okay, there's three. Think about the year eighteen ninety nine. I want you to give me three items that you think were used as, as breast like, implants. As breast implants, yeah. Sand. Is that is that one of them? It's not, but I like where you're going. <laughs> uh, mud. No. Oh, fuck. Okay. Um. It has nothing to do with the earth. Oh, <laughs> I just like to it. just seems like so long ago. I'll give you one more. Um, leather. Oh my god, I wish. <laughs> can, I fucking, can I get coat? Can I get some fucking Louis Vuitton implants? No. Um, <laughs> paraffin, which is candle wax. Oh. So they were flammable. Um, <gasps> oh no. Yeah, beeswax, 
and then vegetable oil oh how do you make it like firm enough i don't know like also what were they just putting them in rubber bags and then just throwing them in your boobs like injecting it straight i have no idea that's scary that's terrifying so i i read that yeah (laughs) what if could you imagine how much that would hurt if you were like riding a horse in 1899 and it was just like sandbags hitting your fucking face side saddling it in it's like that scene in the 40 year old virgin where they're like you never touched a boob and he's like yeah i have like a nice bag of sand and they're like what what and he's Not like what <laughs> oh my god it's so funny I love steve Carell. oh my god my oh, cousin my hilarious. cousin's getting a boob job in september that's exciting in like four weeks i think um I also know a couple of people that have gotten breast reductions, and that's another like life-changing option Chrissy Teigen. for people. Well, not what quite did the she same. do? She just got her implants out. But she, but now she's ama- saying like she looks like she. Well, I actually didn't notice a huge difference, and she has now said she thinks she might want a reduction. That's crazy. She's gorgeous. She's so beautiful. But I'm pro plastic surgery. I'm pro plastic surgery. I think that no, it's not going to solve all your life's problems. Thanks psychology today for stating the fucking obvious. Like we know that they're not magic titties. Like they don't make everything better. <laughs> like they're just boobs at the end of the day. But like, yes, they can make you feel better about yourself. Um, I mean, I know it's like obviously not attainable for everyone. And like, sure, like all surgeries do have their risks. Right. But for me like not to be cheesy but like my surgery did change my life I mean I literally can't imagine had I not gone through that and how much better I felt about myself after you know like I don't know like nobody made fun of me anymore I mean it was kind of mean like I um it was after my first surgery and, and I had been home for the summer and it was like maybe three weeks later so like all my bandages were off and stuff and I wasn't bruised anymore and I right. Mean, you still have to be careful and everything, but it was, you know, pretty much healed. A couple of those girls that bullied me came over and I thought they wanted to like hang out. They literally stopped by just to look at me and then they were like, oh, it doesn't look that different. And I was just like, what? Is that why you were here? Ew, what? I literally thought they came What to, like, are their addresses? They just left after that. And I was like, all right. They were like, yeah, well, we just came to see you. Okay, bye. And they left. And I was like, oh, cool. I thought my Can friends. Can we go were... egg their houses right now? My friends were coming over to hang out. But in reality, they just came to gawk at me like an animal at the zoo because I got surgery done on my nose. And then they were like, oh, it doesn't look that different. And I was like, I, yes, you're right. It doesn't. Because it wasn't that bad to begin with. I know this now, but, you know, back then. But I still don't regret doing it at all. I do think it's important to do it for yourself. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. I think if I, in a weird way, had done it despite other people, I would have done it and been loud and proud about it. And I think it was because, in a weird way, I was like, thinking of just myself in the situation that I wasn't like gung-ho about it initially even like as it was happening it was weird but I just you know I I had to get the septoplasty done and then from there it kind of led to something better for me really so funny story really quick too actually when I was about to go back for my boob job the nurse that was like setting me up with my IV and like getting me all like 
prepped and everything with my gown, like pre-op, I was like pretty nervous, you know, I'm like, okay, I don't like going under anesthesia. I don't know that anybody does. Like it's terrifying in a way. And she was like, you're nervous. And I was like, yeah. You're (laughs) like, obviously everyone would be. Yeah. She goes, oh, honey, Dr. Burke did my tits years ago. He's amazing. Oh my God. He is an artist with a scalpel. You are fine. And I was like, I can't. Um, but another funny story is a woman that you and I both worked with in our company. She was actually one person that I talked to a lot before I went through with it. Cause we had the same doctor and she was in a marriage for a really long time. Her husband had been like bugging her to go get her boobs done for the longest time. And she was like, no, like I am not in a place in my life where I want to do that right now. Like, and I'm not going to do it for you. Like I want to do it for myself. So no, yeah, good for yeah. her. Right. So she gets divorced. She gets a shit ton of money through the divorce. She schedules her boobs. That is literally the best thing I've ever heard in my life. Talk about a fucking revenge body. Like, let like you're going to pay for it now, thanks. And yeah. her boobs are great. Oh, my God. She got hers done almost 15 years ago. And she said, like, she, I mean, I have to go back this week. For, like, you'd go back, like, once a year for a checkup just to, like, make sure that everything's good to go and, like, on schedule, basically, for your next 10 years. So, she said – I mean, she goes back every year. She wears a bra all the time. She takes good care of them. And she said that she's on year 14 or 15 now, and the doctor's telling her, like, I think we're good to go until your expiration date. Like, your your implants obviously have an expiration date because they're going to just disintegrate inside you if you don't take care of them. Right. Um, so, I mean, she's not going to have to get them done because they're not, they're not sagging. Like, she's taking great care of them. She's making sure that she's wearing a bra as much as possible. Um, so they look amazing. Yeah, they really do. That's the goal. It's kind of like getting a Honda Civic and just driving that shit into the ground. <laughs> Wear them out. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So. Um, I heard from a couple people this week, a couple other friends that want to send in embarrassing stories for another oh, Lister Nails. So I told them to do it, and they were like, we want to be anonymous. And I was like, clearly. <laughs> no one will know your identity. It's fine. <laughs> so hopefully we get a few more. Or if you want to be anonymous but also think it's funny for us to just make up a fake name for you you can also give us that option and we'll just come up with something great oh yeah definitely so do you want to try to do it yeah let's give it a try so ready i'm not gonna make eye contact with you oh i was gonna try to make eye contact but it's fine okay Send us your embarrassing, embarrassing stories. This is, I didn't, wasn't trying to do it at the same time. I was just oh, asking you, you were, if you were, were able to do it oh, on I your own. I thought you were trying to go like all SNL on No, this I'm shit. not trying to like Cat hold your hand through this. I just Hello. need you to just say it for the first right. time ever. Spaghettiestpodcast.com <laughs> for your embarrassing stories and shit and questions, comments, concerns. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at spaghetti underscore heads and Instagram at spaghetti heads. Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> What do you think this is? Not sure. Oh, I'm out of wine. It's a sad day. Get that last. (laughs) (laughs) Did you just almost drown? Are you okay? A little bit. You were not out of wine. You thought you were. That was a bait and switch. (laughs) 
right. Love you. Love you. Cheers. Catch me later. Cheers. <laughs>